the best information about living the Christian life comes from the most unlikely places. For example, recently I read this advice from a Tibetan Buddhist monk. He says, confess your hidden faults. Approach what you find repulsive. Help those you think you cannot help. Anything you are attached to, let it go. Go to the places that scare you. Interesting. Go to the places that scare you. Well, uh, prayer is one of those places for me. Prayer um, scares me. I don't especially like it. Though. That's too much information, over-disclosure from the pulpit, but um, it's true. Uh, in, in prayer, I'm confronted with my own insufficiencies, my own greed and pride, all my anxieties and anger. Prayer focuses me to, or prayer forces me, actually, to slow down and confront everything I, I dislike about myself and this world. And instead, it requires me to put my trust in God. So yeah, prayer kind of scares me. The story in Luke 18 uh, is about a woman who chooses to go to the scary place. She chooses to go there in order to confront the ugliness in this world. It's about a God who cares about righting wrongs. And it's about our willingness to persist in prayer until we see change. Now, there are a lot of reasons people don't pray. Um, for some, it may just seem futile or we doubt God's interest. Maybe whatever will be, will be. It could be that God doesn't want to hear from me because I've made some poor choices in life. Or maybe I'm just not doing it. But this story teaches us that, that God does indeed care. God listens to everyone. And ugly gets the job done, too. The story today also suggests that maybe the real reason we don't pray is that we just don't care enough about the injustices in this world. Maybe we don't care enough about changing our own hearts. So we don't make the time to pray. Or maybe we care about all of these things, but we're too afraid to confront them. It's too unpleasant. Now, it's true that prayer can be very comforting, and it can provide a, a wonderful mountaintop experience. But the kind of prayer illustrated in this story today is the scary kind. In this kind of petitionary prayer, we get a clearer picture of both God and ourselves. We see his kingdom in sharp contrast to our own reality. And if we're honest, that difference is neither comfortable nor critical. It's about aligning ourselves with God, with his will, and disturbing the comfortable stories we tell ourselves. Prayer is about truth telling. Sometimes we have to look in the mirror and face our own addiction, our own pride, our own greed, whatever that demon may be. Sometimes we have to sit alone with our hurts and our grief. And sometimes we have to look injustice square in the face and prepare ourselves for the inevitable conflict. Kind of like this woman. 
We have to go to all of those scary places at one time or another. Because we can't change the world or ourselves if we can't admit the truth. There was a motivational speaker a few years ago who I used to like to listen to named Jim Rohn. And he was a truth teller. All the other motivational guys used to say things like, oh, just think positively. Or um, I remember one guy, he had some great advice. He said, well, whenever somebody asks how you're doing, you say, I'm doing terrific. Or uh, another favorite was, just fake it till you make it. But Jim, Jim was a truth teller. He used to say, you know, if you're broke and miserable, write that on your name. He said, face the truth and be brave enough to do something about it. Well, the woman in our story today is a brave truth teller. Here she is at the bottom of the social hierarchy, and she is determined to set this injustice right. So she goes to the door of the city judge, who we learn is rather contemptible, not a very nice human being, much less a decent judge. And you've got to admire her pluck because she refuses to quit asking him to take her case and make the situation right. Finally, he gives in because of her persistence. She is the definition of a rebel. Refusing to accept the status quo any longer, unwilling to, be to endure this mistreatment, she goes to the scary place. And she stays there. In an article about prayer by a man named David Wells, he says this. What then is the nature of petitionary prayer? It is, in essence, rebellion. Rebellion against the world in its fallenness. The absolute and undying refusal to accept as normal what is pervasively abnormal. It is the refusal of every agenda, every scheme, every interpretation that is at odds with God. It is the declaration that evil is not a variation on good, but its antithesis. And so, in an act of rebellion, we join other believers week after week in prayer. Thy kingdom come. Thy will come. Jesus uses hyperbole to show how a poor, if a poor widow can manage to get an unrighteous judge to hear her case, how much more do you think a righteous, loving God will be willing to do for us? It's not going to kill us to go to those scary places. In fact, we find that the more we confront the parts of ourselves in this world that we do find unpleasant and scary, the less scary they will become. <coughs> Psychologists call this process habituation. Uh, the idea is that the more you're exposed to something, uh, the less exciting or traumatic it becomes. So the 50th time you've driven a dragster at Cedar Point is not as scary or as exhilarating as the first time. There's a fun story about a, a Nobel Prize winner to illustrate this concept. Um, the man that he won the prize for, for literature. I'm going to butcher his name probably. His name is Isaac Bashevis Singer. Um, but he, he won the prize. He was sitting at home reading the paper, and the doorbell rings. 
He answers it, and uh, it's a journalist. The journalist says, congratulations. Were you surprised? Are you happy? He says, yes, yes, thank you. Of course, very surprised, very happy. Thank you so much. Journalist leaves, he goes back to reading the paper. Just 10 minutes later, the doorbell rings again. He answers it. It's another journalist. The man says, congratulations. Were you surprised? Are you happy? The Nobel Prize winner says, how long can a man remain surprised and happy? <laughs> the same is true of those scary places. It turns out over time, fear is not that scary, and comfort is really not that comfortable. It's about spending time in those scary places, in those uncomfortable places, until things change. And things can change. In addition, there are some wonderful side effects to prayer that don't have anything to do with our prayer actually being answered, um, at least the way we would expect it. I'm going to give you my top ten, quickly, I promise. Number one, prayer strengthens our relationship with God. Just like spending time with anyone else, you know, the more we get to know someone, the more time we spend, the better we get to know someone. Number two, prayer develops character as we face the truth and learn to persist. Three, prayer slows us down long enough to hear what God has to say. Number four, prayer is the active version of waiting on the Lord. Five, through prayer we learn to forgive. Now there's the spirit place. Six, to pray is to actually enter the heart of God. We learn how God sees things and what's important. Prayer strengthens our relationships with others because we learn to see other people as God sees them. Prayer produces a blessing for you, the prayer, from doing the prayer. And prayer produces a blessing for others, the recipients. Number 10, God works through people who pray, so you will never regret spending the time in prayer. So spend time in prayer, go to the scary place and face those demons, and don't give up.